Discourse 14, 22nd June 2001 Know yourself and you will know your Lord. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim We know from the deen that the inverse or the opposite of belief is kufr. We also know that kufr means or is derived from the Arabic word which means to cover or hide the truth. It is to cast into darkness that which is correct or that which is real. In other words, it's about dishonesty, it's about lying. It is interesting that this lying has within it an element of darkening or hiding. If you have a look at how people function, very few people deliberately set out to fail at the project of their lives. Even the most perverse and disturbed people who are acting in a way which is destructive are doing this because on some level they've convinced themselves that this will bring them happiness. That is why they behave in that disturbed way. If it were not for the conviction somewhere in their hearts that their actions would somehow bring them happiness, they would not behave like that. So there is within us this capacity to delude ourselves. A kafir is not just a person who is hiding the truth from others. More significantly, he or she is a person who is hiding the truth from him or herself. They are covering the truth from themselves. This is the most extraordinary capacity which people have. It is to fool themselves. Now this fooling of ourself is, has a very complex coding, which is not easy to decipher. We all hide things from ourselves because we cannot bear to look at them. We are all in that sense, kafir. There are very few people, save the absolutely enlightened, that do not suffer from the self-delusion. This is one of the significances of the statement, Know yourself and you'll know your Lord. One of the interpretations that Sheikh Fadala has put to this is that knowing yourself means to be honest with yourself, be real with yourself, about your own pettiness, your limitations and your vices. If you do this, you will recognize the beneficence, the generosity and the mercy which you float around in. So we all have elements of kufr within us. We all have elements of hiding the truth from ourselves within us. We all have elements of chasing the shadow, of chasing the illusion, of pursuing that which we think will bring us happiness. Decoding these things is a little bit like trying to see the eyeball that you see by. These things are so close to ourselves that we cannot see them, because they are ourselves. From one point of view, the nafs is nothing other than a web of illusion. It is a web of preconceptions that have basically been formed historically. They come from the past. The only reason why you believe that you're a man or a male is because you've had countless affirmations to that effect from the world around you. Now you walk around with a linguistic program in your head that says you are a man. We know that the ruh is singular, which means it is androgynous. This means that at the deepest, subtlest level, even your gender is a lie. It is not who you really are. Anything which you can say or assert about yourself is at the same time true and false. The degree to which it is false is the degree to which it is part of the illusion which keeps you trapped in the cage of who you think you are. For example, you are walking through a crowd and somebody calls your name and you look up. That programming is kufr in its subtlest sense. That idea that that noise refers to this looker who is walking through this market is an absolute presumption. It is a historical accident. The name does not equal the one who is looking. The conviction that the one who is looking has that name and that that name refers to the looker is false. You cannot know who you are without dying. 
You cannot know the limitlessness that is at the base of your being without giving up the limitedness of your assumption of who you are. The limitedness of your assumption of who you are is a series of veils, a series of coverings, of kufr. This suggests that our common usage of the ideas of kafir and Muslim is a very clumsy legacy. When I assert that I am a Muslim and he is a kafir, we hide the most obvious truth of all, and that is that we have far more in common with this kafir than we would like to believe. A person on this path is humble. So what does humbleness mean? It means that you are not presumptuous. We do not carry falsehoods about our own significance. We recognize that we all are this moment of looking, a moment of consciousness. Consciousness has not been designed to find itself fascinating. Your eyes have not been made to find yourself fascinating. They have not been made to look into the back of your head. That would look extremely ugly. Your eyes are symbols of consciousness. They have been designed to look at the other. This means that your consciousness has been designed to find the other fascinating. We are here to find the other significant and not the self. This is the core rule behind all courtesy. Courtesy is you saying to the other, you are significant. I treat you with respect. I do not claim significance. I grant the significance to you. In any instance where you claim significance, you are lying to yourself about your own nature. Your nature is not to be the one who earns significance. Your nature is the one who grants significance. The looker is not the looked at. Assuming that the one who is looking through this thing called your identity is your identity is a false assumption. You can separate everything about yourself from that within you which does the observing. It is like most of us who have had this good fortune of coming into the deen from the outside of the deen. You know that you can change something as apparently definite as your name at the drop of a hat. You used to be called something else, and just like that. So you are no longer called Fred, you are now called Farid. Amazing. The thing which you regarded as the most intimately connected to you, your name. If you choose, you can change it like a glove, like a jacket. It is not the looker, the subject. It is an object, a very interchangeable object. Similarly, you say, yes, I am here, I am this body. But you can look at your hand. In other words, your hand is also an object. You can see it. The looker is not the thing that is looked at. So who is the looker? You are not your name, you are not your body, and you are not your thoughts. What is this? This point of observing which sits behind your being. That which shines through your being and that which gives the world attention. What is this? This looker is not who you think you are. You think it is you, or who you think you are, be it Fred or Farid, who is doing the observing and the appreciating of the world around you. Your assumption that it is your identity which does the looking is both kufr and shirk. It is granting significance to that which should not be granted significance. La ilaha illallah. There is none other than he which is significant. There is none other worthy of worship, of being an object of awe, of being an object of undivided attention other than Allah. We know that Allah is outwardly manifest. Wherever you turn is the face of Allah. You cannot escape Him. He is immediately in front of you. He is immediate. He is apparent. He is the object. Attention has been made for Him. But what is this attention? The seer we have just demonstrated is not your identity. It is that which looks through your identity. It is hidden, disguised as your identity. Allah is inwardly hidden, so your being is a platform from which He can view Himself. 
The tragedy of the human condition is that the platform has become conscious of itself and has made itself the point. If you went out to a lookout point that looks over a vast and majestic view, and over time it had been built up so much that the view had become obscured, you would become disappointed. And so it is with us. We are disappointed with our lives because we are looking at ourselves, not at the view. What obscures our view are the walls of covering the truth, the most disabling covering being the assumption that we exist separately. This suggests that one of the most important attributes that you need to make a success of this path is honesty. It is your honesty with yourself, your brutal honesty with yourself, which is the thinners that strips away the layers of paint that we stick over the reality of who we are. Part of this honesty is to be honest with yourself and about your own arrogance. When you catch yourself out, say, aha, you see, you thought you were significant. Now look at what has happened. You thought you were so holy and that you were so humble and then somebody didn't greet you and you got angry. Ah, isn't that interesting? Why did you get angry? This doesn't occur to most of us. The first thing we do is to go and attack this fellow who didn't greet you. In the meantime, he has stubbed his toe or he's had an argument with his wife or there's some good reason for him not having greeted you. He actually requires a little bit of compassion, not judgment. We are not honest with ourselves, with our own inner dialogue, and with that which is going on around us. This also suggests that we cannot be honest with ourselves if we are not observing ourselves. We need to start functioning from a place which is deeper than our assumption of who we are. We must be able to observe our thoughts from a place that is not within our thoughts. Most of us think that we are the noise in our head. We do not realize that we actually come from a place much deeper than that much deeper than the noise in our minds. You can only start getting a handle on the noise in your head when you no longer confuse it with yourself. This happens when you start pulling back. This is one of the attributes of reflectiveness. Reflectiveness means that you function from a deeper place, a place where you are not those things that you assumed that you were before. You do not just assume that your hand is part of you. You recognize that it is not you, this hand. You recognize that you are not your emotions. How can you be your emotions if the one minute you are up and the next minute you are down? Does that mean that you stop existing as emotion X and start existing as emotion Y? I have thoughts. I am not the thought. This means there can be a whole menagerie of creatures crawling through my being and I can watch them like creatures in a movie screen. They are not me. I see them. It is only with that element of reflectiveness and functioning from a deeper place that it becomes possible to be honest with myself. So, for example, I walk down the corridor and Sidi Qasim doesn't greet me. So I immediately lash out, shouting, you awful, discourteous, terrible man. I shout at him, like that. Before I even know what's going on, it has happened. In other words, I get completely overtaken from behind by my own inner dialogue. I do not stand in the third place where I can see his discourtesy to me and my reaction to him on the same screen, so I can choose my reaction. I experience my anger as me, so I can only act consistently with it. If you do not stand at a third place, a separate place from your own inner dialogue, you cannot do anything other than react on the basis of your own knee-jerk, your own immediate flash response. So if you are serious about being on the path, and this is the project of your life, you will engage in activities of reflection, meditation, and dhikr. It is precisely these activities which silence the inner dialogue. It is these activities which enable you to witness 
that you are not your thoughts. You actually see your thoughts as part of a broad canvas of objects, and they do not overtake you or define how you respond. You recognize that this is how you are feeling, that this is what you are thinking, but you have a choice as to how you respond. We cannot choose what Allah puts in front of us. So if the issue of our lives is what happens to us, we're in bondage. We can choose how we respond. If this is the major variable of our lives, we are free. May Allah grant us success on the path. May grant us nearness to Him. May grant us annihilation in Him. May Allah grant peace and blessings on our Nabi. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah.